I um so I may switch off my video because currently I am tethered to my phone, which has either three bars of 3G or one bar of 4G. They're apparently doing construction on the cellular towers in my area uh, at 8 o'clock at night. Well, all day. It's been terrible all day. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and turn off your video okay. if you want. I'm, I am going to do that. Okay. Okay. Here I am. Oh, there's my... Oh. Well, now I've... Look, there's, there's the I one good weird. picture of me. <laughs> From what? Like six years ago? Uh, seven. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, bud. Oh, grip it and rip it, bud. <laughs> I already gripped and ripped it. Gulp my, that uh, juice. My monster energy iced tea. That you have in an Australia beer koozie. Yep. Very nice. That I got in Australia. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that makes it authentic. Well, if you don't have your video, I feel weird having my video up because you can see me, but I can't see you. Yeah, you should you should turn your video off as well. But now I can't dab when listener dab sends us an email. Oh, no. Okay, well... If I'll... you can imagine, such... I'll turn my video on again just so I can dab. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll warn you. <laughs> <clears throat> How are you? Doing okay. A little sleepy. Okay. I worked this morning, which I don't usually do before we record, so I'm more awake than I usually am, but also also tired from yeah. waking up early. And so from it's working. a weird combination. Yeah, I get that. I feel like it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a chill episode, like a like a good chill, not like a sleepy chill like we have been in the past. Yeah, I feel hopefully. very I feel at peace with this episode. Is that weird to say? There's, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. There's a lot happening here, and it's all good things. And I'm like, I'm like comfortable about it. Does that make sense? Just, just this is a very cozy episode to just sit and talk about because it's just so bonkers yeah yeah i'm into it though i'm excited do you want to do this podcast i would love to do this podcast with you my good friend jimmy it's time to podcast hello everyone welcome to you activated my podcast the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast i'm tyler i'm jimmy and this week we're talking about season three episode 11 settling the score part one Something the score makes it sound like it's going to be like a music themed episode. Oh, okay. I see that. That is that I went I went a different direction with it, because to me it sounds like this is the finale. I mean, potentially. Oh, score like a video game. No, no, no. Like like when uh when you're getting even with somebody, when you're getting oh, revenge, so like they're like, getting even with Noah. Eh, I'm gonna settle the score and it's it's yeah. Joey versus Noah or something. Like I'm Joey Wheeler and I'm gonna punch this child. <laughs> he would too, don't try him. Yeah. <laughs> don't test or him. Or kick that child. He'll kick that child right in the face. <laughs> he will k- pick up Noah and drop kick him like across a field. Let me at him, let me at him. Honestly, this child is guilty of many, many crimes. Arguably some war crimes, I think. I'm so, not. I'm. Uh, we can come back to this. I'm not convinced he's a child. You're saying he could be like a creepy old man. 
you know, I'm just saying like, his whole deal is he's built a virtual world for himself in which he can hide and trap others. Eh, that sounds kind of neckbeardy to me. You know, that's entirely possible. Have we seen him outside of the virtual world at all? I don't think so. I mean, not hmm. that we're aware of anyway. Because his little, like, sit-and-spin chair is also virtual, isn't it? I isn't think it's virtual, just a yeah. projection of himself when he sits on the chair and has all the monitors? It's certainly possible. I guess we'll find out eventually. Well, not this episode, though. Nope. <laughs> Maybe not ever. <laughs> Welcome to Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Welcome to Yu-Gi-Oh! Here's a character. Want to find out more about him? Too bad. You're going to no. watch a child play card games. <laughs> Uh, but they're good card games this episode, so that that helps. There's some pretty good card games. Uh, b- before before we talk about this episode, Jimmy, I need to ask you about both a note that you've put in the show notes and a text that you sent me. I'm gonna look up the timestamp on this. <laughs> you you sent this to me. Oh, scrolling past some memes. Uh, you okay? 3:30 a.m. my time Sunday morning. It's now when do? it's now Wednesday as we record this. Uh, you said Tyler. Whenever we podcast next, I am very excited to tell you a story that I am calling the nerdiest thing I have ever done in my life. That is correct. What it was is so it? <laughs> important to me that I that you find out about this. Okay. That I saved it. Instead of texting you about it, I saved it for our podcast. <clears throat> I see. Okay, so it could be shared with our listeners as well. Yes. You, ha- you have bared your soul on multiple occasions about things that you have been up to that have been nerdy or like things you have done like because you are homeschooled. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> allow, allow me to share back with you, my friend. Um, so obviously... Up until last Saturday, doing this podcast where we watch an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! and then talk for an hour and a half about that episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! has been the nerdiest thing I've ever done in my life. Not anymore. Oh? <laughs> I, I regret that I have but one opportunity to say this out loud, and so I'm picking my words carefully. But on Saturday, I attended... A performance of Phantom of the Opera, entirely within Final Fantasy XIV, colon, A Realm Reborn, the MMORPG. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have so many questions. Jimmy. You may ask them, Tyler. Um, oh God, where to start? Okay. I went to a virtual theater performance. Okay, okay, first question. I'm assuming this is not an official Final Fantasy sanctioned event. No, no, this is this is not a Final Fantasy X Phantom of the Opera crossover. This is not a DLC or an update. This is, no, this is not downloadable content for Final Fantasy with <laughs> collaborating with Broadway. Did you, this okay. is off, 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 off Broadway? Did you purchase a ticket? With American currency. I did not. It was a free performance. Okay, well, that's nice. And one of our viewers can go and watch uh, on Twitch 
at oh. the Stellatio Virtual Theater. How do you spell that? S-T-E-L-L-A-Z-Z-I-O. Stellatio. Virtual Theater. Okay, uh, paint paint me a picture. What what <laughs> what is this? How does this work? Um, so I heard about it like the day before. My friend posted in Slack that someone I forget how he found it, but he posted a, a like a playbill, a poster advertising the different uh, dates and times of performances that they were given. Um in Diabolos, which is one of the servers in Final Fantasy, one of the world servers. Okay. Um, it was like, there's an actual theater performance going on in Final Fantasy. Anyone want to go? And I was like, yeah, I kind of want to go. Uh, unfortunately, it was during a time I was going to be busy um, on Saturday. Okay. So he and another of our friends uh, got in line for that. Unfortunately, my friend was also busy and... The way it works, these people had, much like I did, much like my free company did, uh, pooled together their money, uh, purchased a plot of virtual land, and built a theater uh, on it. Oh! They got the lar- largest house size that they have. So Okay, so sorry. So this is related to, I think the last time we talked about Final Fantasy fourteen, like a couple episodes ago, three episodes ago maybe, where they added more plots of land that you could purchase to put a house on typically right so instead they built a a theater instead they built a theater that is open to the public yes that's rad as hell um they've had it for quite some time i believe oh okay Um, okay but i was able to uh, i came home on saturday and i there was actually another performance coming up and my other friend had to leave. And so I quickly logged on and uh, ran to my dressing room, found all my like fanciest clothes, put them on my character. Naturally. And then teleported to this other world surfer uh, and found my friend standing in line. And he was in fact standing in a virtual line because everyone... And I mean, everyone there was treating it completely seriously. You know, this is the sort of thing where you hear about it and my mind immediately goes to that famous video that came out like early in World of Warcraft days where people are having a like a virtual funeral for that guy who died. Oh, and yeah. And then there was like a bunch of like orcs who went and like raided them and killed a whole bunch of people on mm-hmm. the server. Mm-hmm. I was expecting something like that, but no, everyone on everyone waiting in line for this virtual performance was 100% committed to the bit. And I think part of that is probably because of the pandemic making everyone uh, craving social contact. (laughs) Right. Everyone misses queuing so desperately. (laughs) Everyone misses being out in public. And it felt very much like how I felt when I was queuing up to go see Book of Mormon here in Portland a couple of years back. Everyone was dressed up. There was a line out the door and around the block. Yeah. Of in the garden of this virtual theater house. And people were queuing up to go in. And there was a troop of uh Lollafels dressed as Moogles who are like actual an actual orchestra. I've seen them before actually, playing famous music. Oh wow. Outside. Um, so wait, so wait, okay, okay. St- start start with that. 
when you say playing famous music is i can't believe i've never asked this question before does final fantasy 14 have like voice chat are they mic'd? no they have you know how in ocarina of time when you get the ocarina and you can press different buttons and it plays different notes oh so it's not like um it's not like oh what is that pirate game Sea of Thieves? Uh, sea of Thieves. It's, it's, it's not like Sea of Thieves where you hold one button and it plays whatever random song. It's you are playing notes on an instrument. No, the Bard class uh, is actually, I think it's um, Archer that upgrades to Bard class, which is a weird shift, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But huh. okay. um, you do at some point get, if you pick up Bard, you do get a virtual instrument that you can play. And you can play like actual notes on it. And I've seen people before, they'll often be people uh, standing near the main like Aetherite crystals playing s- tunes from Final Fantasy or a lot of Legend of Zelda, um, just a lot of famous songs. And people will stand around and listen, like virtual busking, basically. Huh, that's really fun. cool. And, and so it allows them to actually play actual music and not just like whatever yes, music correct. has been programmed into the game. I think when you sign up, you have to like click a button that says you're not going to play any like copyrighted music on there. So they don't get in trouble, but no one pays attention to that. <laughs> okay. So yeah. anyway, this is anyway, all okay. yeah, yeah, aside yeah. because there was a, a troop of these music- musicians outside the, the theater playing music. And so we're waiting in line. I got in next to my friend. Um, and so the theater opened up and the line started to move forward and there were two ushers outside who would you would wait for them to bow to you to basically like welcome you in to the theater at which point you would then enter and find yourself in this virtual opera house backstage with like behind the bleachers basically that they set up uh, and find your find your way through this maze of uh, furnishings that they'd set up to actually find a seat and sit down, which is awkward for me because my character is a Rogadin who is like in canon like seven feet tall. Right. Yeah. Anytime I see you posting anything about your character, the words "chunky boy" end up somewhere <laughs> in the description. Thought Grockenheim is a chunky boy. Yes. Um, but usually it's not an issue because uh, there's no PvP outside of, like, PvP areas. And there's mm-hmm. no, like, uh, you can just clip through anyone else. But oh, here, sure. um, it was, like, rude th- to clip through someone else. Like, those are people. You can't just walk through them. Oh, yeah. And for the first time, I was, like, made aware of just how large my character is <laughs> in real life, quote-unquote. <laughs> And so I finally found a seat next to uh, a bunny girl and an aura who's like a dragon dude. And I had to like cycle through all my sit animations to find one where I wasn't like jabbing them with my elbows. <laughs> and I sat in back. Big so mood. people <laughs> And I sat in the very back so people wouldn't have to like see past my giant head. Wow. And then the show started. I, and I, for had, like, I had no idea that Final Fantasy XIV was a simulator for when I go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and then the show started. And for like, I think it was an hour and a half, two hours, I sat and watched an actual performance 
of uh, Phantom of the Opera. Holy shit. And it it was a full deal. It was good. It was uh, an adaptation of the book, I think. I haven't actually seen the musical. Okay. Um, But this was, I can now say, the first time I've seen Phantom of the Opera was in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh my god, I love (laughs) this. This is amazing. And there was, like, choreographed, like, dance moves. There was, like, everyone was, like, saying their lines in chat. And then they would, like, act it out with emotes. Um, The famous scene where the chandelier drops and then, like, explodes and, like, kills someone. There was an actual chandelier. Because this is all just, like, stuff that these people have in their house. And Uh you can change if you have a house you can basically change the interior at any time and so for set changes that's what they did they would just add and then or remove and then place new set decorations around the stage that they had made oh okay that makes sense and so for the like the chandelier scene they had an actual chandelier above the stage Mm -hmm. and then it suddenly vanished and then there was um an explosion like where it had landed and then like everything was like perfectly timed and in sync. Uh, there was a, an actual very good fight scene I was kind of shocked at where a guy had a sword and then did like a slash spinning attack while the guy who was attacking the phantom like did a backflip. Huh. Um, and it was really cool. And you can, if you want to watch this silly thing, uh, you can go and watch it on their Twitch. And they also, because they broadcast it live, and you can actually see my friend in like the front row. He had a seat next to the orchestra pit, oh, which wow. had the actual orchestra in it. That was going to be my other question, because Phantom of the Opera is a, is a musical. Yeah, and so I don't think they were allowed to like play the actual musicals, okay, uh, songs, but they played different songs through like. You can get basically like music sheets that you can then play on like a little virtual jukebox in your house. Oh, and so okay. they were playing like in-game music that fit the theme of what was happening in the scene. And then oh. like for some interstitials, the orchestra would actually play some music. So what they didn't have to play the entire time. And the orchestra is what? Like uh, just a bunch of players with those instruments you mentioned? Yes, and there are a separate group that I guess got un- involved with this group because they are... God, I'm trying to remember. Were they the, the little... I'm trying to remember what their name was. Anyway, I'll, I'll look it up later. It was like the Moogle Orchestra or something. Um, That's incredible. But it was uh, an entire... the Just the production value of this show was absolutely jaw-dropping for being inside... A video game that is not meant to have theater productions in it. Yeah. Huh. I I love everything about this. <laughs> this is incredible. So that, that, Tyler, is the nerdiest thing I have ever done in my life. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm I'm glad. I'm happy for you. This I, I think is good. Now the podcast is no longer the nerdiest <laughs> thing that you do. That's really cool. So would you would you go again if they were to put on something else? Is this something I would that go they... again? Yeah. Huh. And in fact, I'm on their Twitter right now, Stellatio VT. Uh, coming, they have a pin tweet coming 2021 to Final Fantasy 14, the Snow Queen. So they're already planning the next okay. show that they're going to do. Huh. 
All right. So Stellatio. Stellatio Virtual Theater. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to look You know what? Up. I think I can just... Let's see. Where's my other window go? I'm just going to... I took some screenshots, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will drop you some screenshots of the theater setup. Oh, thanks. Here's one. So this is... I know this is an audio medium, but I'm showing Tyler yeah, Jesus. the the theater seating. And down in the orchestra pit, you can see all the performers sitting there. It's so interesting to think about like what an orchestra pit is in a video game space that is not designed to have an orchestra pit. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to be there. They can be anywhere. But like the audio cues, like of course, are location based and so having them like actually physically there means that the people in the audience will hear the music as though they're actually in an orchestra pit right right oh wow yeah this is a lot of people you can see me there in the top left doing my best to cross my arms in as tight as i can (laughs) easily the largest person (laughs) in the room well, besides that equally giant dude in the back of the room there with the beret. Oh, also far left, yeah. <laughs> or oh oh no, I see in the in the very back row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're far left. I see. And this is really cool. Is... And people get for for the listener at home, imagine like, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> if you've seen a Final Fantasy anything, it's a Final Fantasy aesthetic, yeah, but this is like dressed to the nines. Like people are taking this very seriously. Yeah, I mean, we've still everyone's still got like their belts like strapped to their arms and what have you, and like cloud strifes uh, pants. Um, but everyone yeah, like but but... like they announced previously like the show etiquette is like okay if you have like a big weapon remove it so it's not visible if you have a little minion following you around de-summon it so it's not like running around the stage. Uh, and everyone, uh, obliged. Wow. Like oh, you wow. Th- the stage looks amazing too. I fully expected someone to like run in and start jumping around on the stage to like yeah. cause havoc because it's a video game, but no, like these are all like other people is the vibe that I was getting. All these people, there are other people watching the show or performing in the show. And there was actually, oh. you can't see him. Well, you can see him in the one one picture I sent you. Uh, the guy in blue in the back, an actual usher. I don't know if they could actually, like, kick people out of their house. That's not something I've ever had oh, to do. Oh, huh. Okay. To, like, bounce someone. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think, I just given kind of how you've described it, I think just the idea of there being an usher or a bouncer seems like enough for this setting like the Mm -hmm. the threat of being bounced (laughs) is enough the implied virtual punishment right right because it's so this is so like engulfing in a way like you really buy into this like sub world in final fantasy honestly it really scratched an itch for me of like huh. getting dressed up and going into the city to see a live production of something that I've really been missing. Like a few weeks ago, I was thinking about how I haven't been to 
like a, a live show or any sort of like music venue in like a year. Yeah. And how that's something that I miss. Yeah. And this is kind of the the same thing. That's really nice. What a time to be alive that in the midst of this global pandemic, people are finding ways to be together that are completely against what this like video game was intended for, but nevertheless yeah. is still going on. And I think that's kind of beautiful. I think that's really beautiful. I it's it's so funny that you bring this up now because I I have a similar story, if I may. I know we're like thirty minutes into this podcast. We haven't talked about Yu Gi Oh yet. That's pretty par for the course for us. Yeah. Uh, if if it's all right, I have a I have an adjacent story that happened. Uh, God, was it just yesterday? It was. It was just last night. Oh, go for it. Uh, so Lauren and I have been doing nightly uh movies as part of like a halloween movie marathon so every night we uh have a a small group of friends that we uh you know sync up online and we watch a movie together that's sort of like halloween adjacent and i've been enjoying that even though i haven't been able to get to most of them yeah well time zones are weird time zones are weird these movie nights keep happening like in the middle of the day when i'm either at work or i'm like doing something else yeah uh, but, but, uh, it'll end. I'm very excited for this actually on Saturday on, on Halloween for that group. I'm doing a, a movie trivia night, like a pub quiz. So hopefully you can make it to that. I don't know what you're doing on Saturday. Um, but anyway, so this, the, this was like leading up to last night's movie. Uh, somebody asked if we'd seen quote that really weird house everyone's talking about. What, like in real life? Kind of. So, or are they talking about the haunting of Hill House? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Have you, guys, so, have you guys seen that show? What's it called? The Really Weird House. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, for you, Jimmy, and for the listener at home, Google Blue Lick Road, Kentucky. It's probably going to be the first Google result, or just the house on Louisville, Blue Lick Road. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's there's a bunch of articles about it now, but the the real thing that you need to see is I believe it's Redfin. Um, it's like a real estate website with a listing for this house. Is it Zillow? It might be Zillow. Um, so so you go to the house listing for mm-hmm. uh, uh, this house on Blue Lick Road, and you hit 3D walkthrough. Don't do don't do the floor plan. That's spoilers. Do the 3D walkthrough. 3D walkthrough. Where the hell is it? Take a tour. No. Take I don't a tour. Want to. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I do not want to talk with an agent. I do not want to set up a video chat with this person. Uh it's yeah, so it's eighty eight hundred Blue Lick Road, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, so I am on um, the right spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 3D. it's on Zillow. It's on Redfin as well. Redfin is where I looked at it, and I'll send you the link, Jimmy. Um, so it looks like just an ordinary, ah, here we go, ugly house. Uh-huh. And we had we had I think eight people on the call, uh, and so I pull it up, I share my screen, and we start at the front door. And Where's it's the cl- 3D tour? 
it's it's clear that it's not like a clean house they didn't clean it uh ahead of of taking these 3d pictures um and let me let me see if i can figure out uh jimmy if you're looking at it Mm -hmm. just click the main photo street view uh i think it might be street view oh golly did they remove the 3d tour oh no so anyway uh what what it i'm trying to find words to describe it that won't like completely spoil the experience the house as soon as you think you have seen all of it it continues I legitimately got lost in this 3D tour. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Jimmy, I'm so sorry. I am not seeing it anymore. Um, let me let me go back. Uh, this is going to be really great. Oh, I found for it. Listeners. They might have like Did you find it? They might have removed the link to it, but it's still on the website cuz someone I found an article about it that has a direct link. Yeah. Okay, I'm inside the house. This is a very yeah, yeah, dirty yeah, yeah. house. Okay, so yeah. So, a very dirty house. So, the thing about this house, and skip ahead like three minutes, we'll say, if you don't want spoilers for this house. This is effectively become no, I'm a in game, like a, is taking the... Th- I'm inside the like 3D, the street view, like 3D walkthrough thing, like point and click uh-huh. adventure type thing. Yeah, you can move around the house yeah. by clicking on the pictures. It's, it's like an interior right. uh, uh, street view. For the sake of brevity of this podcast, where should I go? God, this house is um, So, okay, so I'm trying to remember. Where where are you now? Describe your surroundings. I'm in the kitchen, and it's got a bunch of very old raggedy furniture and a whole bunch of cans of monster energy drink on this table okay yeah 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 okay yeah, yeah so look for the front door okay i think this is the front door down here it has an exit okay sign and there's above stairs it. there's yep and there's stairs going down i'm going down oh god this is a, okay this is a new halloween horror game tyler i'm scared as to what's at the Th- end of this so jimmy you've you've hit on it exactly we spent 45 minutes as a group of eight people shouting no go left go right go go down the hall where are we going i'm lost and this became how we attended a haunted house together um it it scratched all the same itches of of attending a haunted house um okay are you downstairs i'm downstairs yes okay so to your left is i think three bedrooms and two two bathrooms sorry just stepped into I just stepped into the bathroom here, and there's two toilets uh-huh. next to each other. Yes, that's the women's restroom. <laughs> My favorite part of the women's restroom is how all the toilet paper is next to one toilet, and the other toilet has no toilet paper. Wait, let me go back and look. <laughs> oh my god, it has like eight so, things of toilet paper. So for the for the folks who roll. for the folks who don't care about spoilers, this used to be a church. This building, and they're billing it as a house. It's actually a really cheap piece of property. Um, so as you explore, it's a big property, and it seems like the people who used it last used it as part of like some sort of like drop shipping enterprise. Like there's a bunch of CDs and DVDs 
like piled up everywhere. Um, so go out the bathroom and go to your right, Jimmy. And there's a there's a kitchen there. Kitchen. Is this a kitchen? No, that's a laundry room. Is this a kitchen? Yes. Okay, I'm in the other. Okay. Kitchen. So go out the door to your left. With the exit sign. With the exit sign. Yeah. Follow okay. the exit sign here. So you're gonna you're gonna go down, down a another hall. hallway. Yep. And oh then, yeah, I and found then... the stacks of DVDs. Yep. Okay. That well, you found the first stack of DVDs. Um, we're we're gonna do it. We're gonna do this here live. Um, the challenge, and there's actually been speed runs now, timed speed runs, is we are gonna find the bathtub. Uh, continue down the hallway until you get to a set of stairs. There's more stairs. Yeah. So there's stairs going back up. Which hallway, though? Well, okay, describe your surroundings now. Where are you at? Now I'm in what looks like some kind of, like, workspace. Like a... Uh, workspace like, like a an office? Shed. Or, okay, like a tool shed. Okay, okay. Because there's, a, there's like an a office garage, workspace. But it's a carpeted space. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so go... Um, I'm trying to remember what side of the building that is. It's terrifying. <laughs> okay, so, so... Where is this going? So go back towards the the kitchen if you can. Mm, okay. And then so from the kitchen, as you go out the, towards the exit sign, there's like two branching hallways. One goes into a storage space that has a bunch of toys. The other goes into a storage space that has a bunch of tools. And Okay, the, there's the stairs going up. Yeah, there, okay, so, so go to the stairs going up. The hardest part about this is that the the map does not seem to have cardinal directions. <laughs> no, this is this what they mean in uh, like Call of Cthulhu when they refer to like non Euclidean space? Yes, I am convinced this house was designed by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, what's funniest to me is it used to be a church, so just bear that in mind. Uh, okay, so you you've gone up the stairs. Where are you now? I think I'm in the back in the kitchen again. Okay. Should I go uh, back up the other stairs? No, no, no. So that's an office. Okay. So if you're in, if you're in the kitchen, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to describe. I'm, I'm in this. the men's room. I'm right you're by the men's room. You're in the men's room. By the stacks of DVDs. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So you're in. Okay. So go out of the men's room. Mm-hmm. And go forward okay. until you see a hallway to your right that leads back to the kitchen you're in earlier. Does that make sense? Yeah, hold on. I found, I've stepped into the women's room. The oh, other no. women's room, apparently. <laughs> yeah, there are multiple bathrooms in this building. The first world's first live narrated point-and-click adventure game. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in that hallway going back to the kitchen. Okay, so if you look to your left, uh, away from the kitchen, rather, do you see another exit sign? No. What do you see? Oh, there's an exit sign. Okay, okay, yeah. This other hallway. Yeah, 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 go there, go there. Okay. Oh, here's a room full of... I think I found the toy room. Uh Uh-huh, yep. So when you go up the stairs, I think there's more 
toys? Going up the stairs. Okay. The tension is building. Emergency exit only. Okay, there's a button that says 360 degrees, which I think goes up. Oh, go back up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go up the stairs past the emergency exit, past which the is definitely exit. definitely propped open and does not work as, <laughs> as an emergency exit anymore. Um, I can smell this place, Tyler. <laughs> it's it's so visceral. <laughs> uh, okay, so so are you up the stairs yet? Yes, I'm in the room with a bajillion DVDs. Okay. Uh, can you tell what DVDs are there if you look to your, your left and right? Let me zoom all the way what, in here. What genre of DVDs? Because now we're getting into the part where the genre is important. Uh, this is almost entirely Christmas DVDs. Okay, good, good. And okay. here's a box just labeled Zorro. <laughs> so go forward away from the stairs. Okay. And if I'm remembering correctly, there should be someone. Looks like a small desk. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Describe what's on the chair of the desk. Is this the zebra print? Yes, it is a zebra print chair. This house is burned into my memory, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Next to Hobbs and Shaw limited edition digital movie. Classic. Um, Okay, so. Go. Does there seem to be like an obvious hallway? I feel like we're in a point now where yes. there's clear, like there's a hallway and then there's shelving. I'm looking at the the desk, and the hallway goes left and right. Okay, so fo- follow the hallway, continuing away from the stairs. I I can't go any farther away from the stairs. The stairs. Oh, you can't. Okay, so go. You said you you said you can go left or right. What? You said you could go left or right? Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a doorway to your left? Maybe. Okay, go go that way. We go all the way down here. I'm doing this entirely by, by memory, so forgive oh, me. Oh, God. I found another staircase. Is that the door you were talking about? I think that so. That has a bunch of uh, posters in it? Yes. Yeah, go that way. Oh, God. Where are you taking me? Another emergency exit. This one uh-huh. is very blocked. Yep. Okay. This is a nightmare place to live. It is. It is. Are you going upstairs? I'm going downstairs. Going downstairs. I don't it's think you want to go downstairs. Stairs. I think. I, I think definitely you need to don't go... want to go downstairs. No, no. I think you need to go back upstairs. There Try is going no upstairs. Right. Try, I mean, back to the, where the desk is. Try going right from the desk. When you get to the porn room, you know you're close. <laughs> no. Porn room. I'm looking at a box of a book that says what the gospels meant. Okay, which is good. The opposite of a porn room. Good, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Do so I want to go going. that way? Yeah. Keep going that direction. Okay. Traveling through. I'm just at a end. It's, it's turning. I'm stuck. There's a bunch of boxes. Tyler, I'm so lost. I'm scared. That's what being in this house feels like. Um. Okay. So. Okay. So skipping to the end here and and jimmy maybe you and i can can schedule a separate video call for this when my internet's uh behaving itself again uh the the thing that you're looking for is there is a converted baptismal pool that the previous owner of this house appears to be using as a shower what yeah like there's soap there's shower heads there's a little staircase that goes to nothing because it's been boarded up um it's this is and horrifying it's, 
And it's you go through as you're going through this warehouse of, of DVDs and CDs and whatever else. The very definite porn section to get to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What and a life these people must lead. It's truly fantastic. Uh, it's it's shocking and amazing. And uh, there's a there's a, a I think a, at least one interview out there with the people who own the house. Um, yeah, so go go look it up if you're still listening to this somehow. 8800 Blue Lick Road, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it is truly the 2020 equivalent of going to a haunted house with your friends. This is horrifying, and it looks how my hoarder aunt's house smelled. Yeah, it's it it's one of those spaces where you you can feel yourself getting dizzy just being in it. This is a box of Beanie Babies. Oh, nice. Labeled for eBay. Uh, Yeah, I think think you may have accidentally gone back towards the kitchen. Jimmy, I think you're lost. Tyler... I am lost in this haunted house, and I am going to die here. Okay, well, let, get, let's 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 pull the let's pull the shoot. Let's hit the emergency exit. Let's get you out. We should. It's been how long have we been recording? Forty four minutes, and most 40... of it is you asking me where I am in this warehouse of <laughs> porn DVDs. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Yu Gi Oh. It's time to discuss. The episode finally, season three, episode have, eleven, settling the score, have to part cut one. Down that last bit a little bit. Eh, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. Uh, the translated title of this episode, Jimmy, is "Kidnapped Mokuba Kaiba versus Psycho Shocker." The real shocker is Mokuba getting kidnapped again. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the summary says, as Nesbit in Tristan's body kidnaps Mokuba, Kaiba is forced to duel Lecter, the former assistant to his stepfather. For Lecter, the duel is personal, as he plans to take what he believes is rightfully his, Kaiba Corp. Meanwhile, Tristan rejoins the group. His friends do not recognize him, since his mind has been downloaded into a mechanical monkey. Boy, even just that intro description goes a lot of places. Yeah, we're really going places this episode, Jimmy. I know it's taken us a while to get there, but I'm I'm happy with it. Isn't the duel pers- personal for all the big five because they all want to get back Kaiba Corp? Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, Crump wanted Penguin Land. <laughs> Crump just wanted to... Trump was a pure and innocent soul who just wanted to make a theme park based entirely around penguins, the animal. So, you know, that was more of a passion project than revenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode starts. Uh, oh, God, how to describe this? I uh, bear with Tristan, me. Tristan is a robot monkey. That's how it starts. One of those phrases where as soon as you, you think of the phrase, you know that it can be sung to the tune of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. Mm-hmm. Tristan is a robot monkey. <laughs> he is a robot monkey. He is a robot monkey. Uh, he's, and it, He's walking around in this laboratory and he's like, oh, this place is weird. 
then he like looks in a mirror, sees himself as a robot monkey, and is like, "Hey, that's cute." And then he like and he goes, "Hey, wait, that's and me." Realize that it's him. Huh? <laughs> I am the robot monkey. Uh, we all are the robot monkey. I want to know why these robot monkeys are not the most popular Yu-Gi-Oh merch because this robot monkey is adorable. They're very cute. They're I'm a like, big fan. They have like the face is a screen that has like emoticons to show how he feels. I like it. Did you it. notice? I did. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like uh like a toy you'd buy for uh for a petulant child these yeah. days. This is a this is a Christmas present waiting to happen. You can type out the exp- the facial expression on this monkey and it's uh carrot uh colon 3. Yeah, I, li- literally at one point he does an uwu. Yeah, he he says uwu. Tristan does an uwu. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> uh, we we cut away from Tristan uh, coming to grips with his new self, I guess, to uh, Yugi, Joey, Taya, Tristan, Serenity, Duke. Am I forgetting anybody? I'm putting. I'm writing that down uh, as the the episode title. Tristan <laughs> Thank goes, you. Ooh, ooh. Perfect. Uh, the the gang I feel is being pretty chill about Tristan's mind being digitized because the entire conversation they have is Serenity being like, "I'm worried about Tristan," and Yugi going, "Don't worry. Remember, his body's in a holding cell. We just have to go find him sometime." Uh, it's no problem. We just have to okay. find his body and download his brain back into it. Sounds you're, great. You're making a big deal out of nothing, Serenity. Well, Let's go over there. And they walk yeah, very fine. slowly in that direction. Uh, we this, then cut... this thing happens all the time, Serenity. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. <laughs> uh, we cut to the Kaiba brothers, Seto and Kaiba. Seto and, and, and uh, Seto and Kaiba. <laughs> Seto and Mokuba. <laughs> I mean, uh, technically, yes, Seto and Kaiba. It, true. Uh, they're They're walking in like a... Like a w- city warehouse district? It looks exactly like the w- like abandoned wharf area that seems to be most of Domino City. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, there's a lot of like loading docks. It's all and just like, that like, yeah. Low tunnels, apparently. <laughs> and uh, Why are they going to so much effort to like digitize Domino City? I, you know, I have to, this is, uh, just, uh, Noah's Google earth project. Right. (laughs) I was going to say, I I have to, I have to think that part of this is like Noah just downloaded the default asset pack for whatever editor this is. And was just like, eh, okay, let's just throw a bunch of models here. (laughs) Like (laughs) city set. Cool. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Um, they're the Kaiba brothers are being stalked by what it's first appears in, to be. It's all in the source engine. This is just Gmod. <laughs> it really is. It's very, very City Thirteen. Uh, they, they walk into a wall. And it's just that like donk sound effect. <laughs> the like, but if they if they walk perfectly into the corner, they can clip out of the map. They just no clip through it and head straight down under the bottom of the map where they can find where Noah is. Okay, sorry. Real briefly. Have you seen speedruns for Half-Life Alex? 
No. Speaking of clipping through City 13, that shit's wild and you need to look it up. Half-Life Alex is a VR game and they figured out how to clip in a VR game by making your virtual character crouch and then you crouch and then your virtual character uncrouches and then you stand up so suddenly your virtual character is twice the height. It's amazing. <laughs> that sounds vomit-inducing. It's so funny because they do it with a camera on the person playing the game. And so you'll see this person like jumping up and down and crawling around their room. Uh, it's so it's it's a work of art. Um, so that's the, like Nintendo's end game. It, sure, you can get you can break our video game. But to do that, you have to exercise in real life. <laughs> you have to take a break and go outside to clip through the wall. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the Kyber brothers are stalked by a ninja who turns out to be Tristan, but it's not actually Tristan because Tristan's mind has been digitized. He's running along the rooftops, and he eventually attacks them with a wooden sword that he p- produced from somewhere. Yeah, w- Tristan, we get this great shot of the Kyber brothers like walking along, and like on the rooftops behind them is ninja Tristan with a katana. Yeah, fucking crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit. Yep. Mokuba's... And, uh, says mokuba says finally a friendly face and then <laughs> like it zooms in on tristan he's just smirking evilly <laughs> narrator's voice it wasn't <laughs> it was not a friendly face and so tristan fucking leaps off the building and tries to skewer kaiba with a katana and he has a very and, good line uh, my name's not tristan and i'm thinking about revenge <laughs> i would love I would Kaiba, love for those to be my last words. Because Kaiba was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and then we have an actual fight scene. A legit fight scene between two humans with fleshy bodies. <laughs> so, yeah. So, bottom line, uh, Tristan tries to, like, skewer Kaiba with a katana. Kaiba uh-huh. jumps backward draws blue eyes white dragon and tries to shuriken tristan with it but he blocks it wait was it blue eyes white dragon i didn't catch what card it was i'm pretty sure it's only like on screen for a couple of frames but i'm pretty sure i saw blue eyes white dragon that's incredible that kaiba would willingly throw away a blue eyes white dragon (laughs) he knows that blue eyes white dragon has never let him down before that's true that's true it let him down before (laughs) Maybe it's maybe it's because it's digital now, so it'll always keep coming back to him. Who knows? So he tries to freaking shuriken this card at him because all Incredible. he knows is card games. He's a pretty good shot, actually. Like it, it goes where it needs to go. It doesn't do anything because it's a playing card. But yeah, it, it's going you know. right for his face. But then he blocks yeah. it with his actual real life katana. Right. Uh the the rest of the gang walks up. And they go, oh, hey, there's Seto and Mokuba. Oh, and there's Tristan. Wow, see, we found him already. <laughs> that was and easy. Immediately, Duke clocks that it's not the real Tristan. And he goes, wait a second, you're an imposter. <laughs> Emergency <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Tristan sus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that Duke is the first person to clock. Like, wait a second, that's not the Tristan I love. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not the freaking dipshit I hate. <laughs> this is a completely different dipshit. Uh, Kaiba picks up a pipe, I guess? Yeah, Kaiba 
Uh, Tristan yells, I took over your friend's body and now I can take care of you. On guard! Lunges at Kaiba again. He picks up this, like, pipe out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's a pipe because it makes pipe noises, but I think in a couple of shots it's actually a sword. It definitely looks like a sword in a couple of shots, and I got very confused. I I feel like it must have been censored. It has to have been. Yeah, I, I, there's no other explanation. The The sound must have changed or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so they fight and then uh, a robot monkey jumps on not Tristan's head and starts clawing at him robot monkey Tristan jumps on his own face and starts like beating him up which distracts him long enough for Joey to run up and Joey kick him straight through a metal garage door <laughs> Joey's kicks are incredibly strong as, as we've established in the show Tristan may have sharp fists but Joey has punch kicks <laughs> kicks with the strength of punches <laughs> straight through uh, the garage door and so the gang yep. approaches the door that has this gaping hole in it it lights up revealing evil tristan is now on a motorcycle <laughs> who zooms out kidnaps uh-huh. mokuba who does absolutely nothing and zooms into the distance i have to say mokuba is a is an artist at getting kidnapped Hasn't this He's... kid gotten kidnapped enough to have some kind of plan for getting kidnapped? Because he just kind of lies there and goes, Sato. He's been kidnapped in every possible way at this point. <laughs> and it's like, it, 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 he's, he's narrowed it down to an art form. He is the best at getting kidnapped. On his CV, it says, years of experience getting kidnapped several. <laughs> However old he is minus one right (laughs) he just like goes limp and it's like it's a motorcycle you could just jump off yeah you could squirm slightly it's not even a real motorcycle right uh so we're distracted long enough by mokuba getting kidnapped to miss kaiba running into the garage and grabbing a second motorcycle Apparently, we've opened the door to a motorcycle factory. Uh, and <laughs> a Kaiba, digital motorcycle factory. Kaiba revs the engine, chases after him in a matching motorcycle. Uh, so they go off in their own direction. The rest of the gang finds the robot monkey uh, who's making robot monkey noises. Yeah, it's like... Uh, Duke and Joey... Speak. No, he can't speak. It turns out Duke and Joey hate it. <laughs> they want to. They want to dismantle it. They're talking <laughs> they about like, how take to take him it apart. apart. It's like, oh, let's like. There's a switch on his back. Let's just shut him down and take out the batteries. I don't trust this robot monkey. Fair. It's Fair. a vir- it's a virtual robot monkey. It's virtual twice. Oh God, yeah, it is. It's it's, it's running it's on digital. virtual batteries. It's it's virtual digital mechanic. Yeah, it's too many layers. Uh, Serenity stops them from from dismantling it though because it's cute and it tried to help them, mm-hmm. and that's enough for Serenity, I guess. And it's enough for Robot Monkey Tristan who jumps into her arms, right uh, at chest level. Ah, uh, just what uh, he always wanted. Just mm. what he always wanted. Uh, uh, Joey has a great line here where he says, "I got my eye on you, you robot varmint." <laughs> <laughs> and then we. Don't see them anymore for a bit. Nope. <laughs> uh, we cut to Kaiba 
motorcycle chasing, not Tristan. Kaiba uh, gotta go fast. Right. He comes out of a tunnel onto a highway. Yeah, it's one of a, those like causeway bridges over a large stretch of water. Yeah, he's he's effectively doing speed cosplay at this point because he jumps over a piece of missing highway. <laughs> It's basically uh, the Bay Bridge, if you've ever been in the Bay Area, yeah. listeners. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one, yeah. Uh, and apparently he sees somebody in the road, and he downs his bike so as not to hit them. But we don't see who. He just says, like, what are you doing? Get out of the road. And then he, like, puts the bike down. The bike explodes. Yeah, he jumps off the bike. It skids into the distance, explodes. And then a mysterious figure who looks like the guy on the neighborhood watch sign steps forward. And says, if you want Mokuba, you're going to have to get through me. Dun, dun, dun. Who could this mysterious figure be? We cut to, uh, oh, uh, this is fun. We cut to Nesbitt and Tristan's body. And he's like riding further up ahead. And Noah walks up. Mokuba's completely passed out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the stress is too much for Mokuba, who just goes limp and passes out, apparently. (laughs) This is all part of it. This this is all part of Mokuba's cunning plan. (laughs) Fight, flight freeze and in mokuba's case just pass the fuck out dip duck dive duck dodge <laughs> uh and uh so noah tells can't, Nesbitt, be, can't be scared if you're unconscious <laughs> right Good you ain't gotta mokuba. get scared if you start scared <laughs> uh noah tells nesbit to hand uh mokuba over because nesbit has to play by noah's rules and them's the rules i guess Yep. And he said he broke the rules. He broke the rules and he says to hand over the boy, which is weird because bitch, you look the same age. You're both like small children. <laughs> I think I think what what are you, six? he'd just seen uh, the first season of The Mandalorian. So he's he's really into like, where is the child? <laughs> the Give child. me the child. Bring the child to me. <laughs> I know it just really wants to be Werner Herzog. Um, uh, we cut back to a brief shot of the masked stranger wanting to duel Seto. And then, then Mokuba wakes up in a weird, like fancy living room, just shrouded yeah. in darkness. It's, it's like, it's like, like a, like a parlor. Yeah. It's like a parlor. That's just like a single lit vignette in the middle of just this expanse of blackness. He wakes I, up on I, a, like a fancy couch. Yeah, I I like it honestly. Like this is a this is a very uh, well appointed living space. Despite and having no walls, it has what like a table with some tea on it and yeah, a fireplace, a lit fireplace that's crackling merrily. Noah walks up, uh, reveals himself, and they talk for a bit about like how Seto has to duel this weirdo in a trench coat before he can come rescue Mokuba. Yep. And um, then we get to, uh, oh yeah, okay, so back to Seto confronting this weirdo on the highway, and he reveals, ah yes, I recognize your voice, you must be Lecter. Lecter. The fifth of the, is this the fifth? This is the fifth. I think of so. Of the big five? This is, this is number five of five. That That sounds about right to me. Mr. Lecter, and he, he he recognizes his voice because this is the first person in Yu-Gi-Oh! to have a southern accent. Imagine, like, a deeper, more, like, robotic-toned Doug Dimodome. It's, 
it's exactly uh that episode of the office where they do the murder mystery uh like cd game and ed helms's character tries to explain what a savannah accent is it's like (laughs) molasses dripping from your mouth it's exactly like that except it has like that robotic sort of overtone like that they used it with He's talking through a mask, uh, and it, it's this is clearly this is a monster, right? Like he's a, he's a, a deck master, like all the other big five. Uh-huh. Um, but he's in a big hat and a trench coat, and it's it's a cool look. I like it. It's very like Carmen San Diego. Yeah, it's like a darker Carmen San Diego wearing like a gas mask, or not really a gas mask, like a. It's fun. It's like it's a fun. face mask. Yeah, like this is a bad guy. Sure. Yeah, it's. It's it's 2020 Carmen San Diego. Mm-hmm. And so they choose their deck masters. Kaiba chooses Lord of D. Unfortunately, he has to say Lord of Dragons. Yeah, I I'm kind of surprised at this choice. I thought he was going to pick uh, uh uh blue eyes. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, I thought he, like why wouldn't he pick blue eyes white dragon as as a deck master? I don't understand. Maybe he's learning that not everything has to be blue eyes. Oh, okay. That would be character growth for him, I guess. He loves blue eyes. He does. Uh, so he picks Lord of Dragons. <laughs> and uh, Lecter... Yeah, okay, so this is the part where Lecter says, like... Lecter says, aren't you curious what I've selected as my deck master? <laughs> and Soto's like, no, I don't give a shit. Just go. Just duel. <laughs> I don't give a shit what monster what you are. I your monster is. Duel. And so he has a great line here. Oh, it's time to duel, as they say. Oh, my God. They do say that, Lecter. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) So now we get into the duel. Boy, I could just duel till the cows come home. I say, I say, boy, I say it's time to duel. Uh, Lecter. Okay. We both took pretty comparable notes here. I don't know. Do you want to cover the duel here? Where where do we want to start here? Let's let's go back and forth. I'm just thinking of Duel Master Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> uh, Lecter plays a monster face down in defense mode, then two face down cards. Yeah. Kaiba plays Spear Dragon. Uh, Lecter has a has a great line. I don't know if you want to read it in your amazing Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> You're so confident, aren't you, Mr. Kaiba? Well, go ahead and attack me. My monster is in defense mode, so my life points are well defended. Oh boy, that goes down smooth. Uh, um, Spear Dragon attacks goes the down face down smooth card. Smooth and clean, like a <laughs> bottle of sarsaparilla. Spear Dragon attacks the face down card. Lecter takes damage thanks to Spear Dragon's special ability. Uh, because normally a defense mode monster would mean that Lecter would not take damage, but Spear Dragon pierces the defense mode monster and uh, damages Lecter. Uh, but the card that it kills, which I didn't get the name of, uh, it it tells Kaiba to draw three cards and then discard any of the magic cards that he draws. So he loses... Uh, he, has, he has to discard, rather, two magic cards from his deck. Yeah. Uh, Kaiba 
draws again. He plays a face down card. Then Lecter activates Solemn Wishes. How do you feel about Solemn Wishes, Jimmy? That's a pretty good card. It boosts his power, or his health, rather, by 500 for each card he draws. And it just sticks around. Yeah. So for the entire game, whenever he draws a card, another 500 life points. It's... I, that's really good it's really good mechanically i wish it had different art because the art for it just looks like a scene from the notebook <laughs> like it's just like a vaguely hopeful looking woman running through the rain yep that's the notebook that's like the only thing i know about the notebook i haven't seen it yeah it's got it's got ryan gosling in it that's the other thing i know about it we should watch the notebook it's got rain. let's let's watch the notebook as though it were an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> It's time to notebook. Uh, so uh, what happens next? Uh, Lecter draws. His health points get boosted. He plays a monster in defense mode, face down, and another face down card. Just a crap ton of face down cards. Kaiba, sort of to himself, is wondering why he didn't attack Spear Dragon because I guess Spear Dragon, when it attacks is automatically moved to defense mode and has zero defense. So it would have made sense to attack there because it would have just died. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Like, yeah. What the fuck? So Kaiba summons. It's your boy, Jimmy. Our good friend and local businessman, <laughs> giant germ. Pillar of the fresh, community. Fresh from the car wash. Or the, the dog wash, pardon me. Fresh from washing a poodle. It's giant germ. Giant germ. Uh, not as giant as I was expecting. That's okay. For germ scales, it's absolutely massive. That's very true, <laughs> I guess. I'm forgetting That's the like, scale we're talking about. It's like a person being the size of, I don't know, the sun. Right. And it's like, eh, they're not eh, that big. Not that big. Uh, Spear Dragon goes to attack again, but Lecter activates his trap card, the Mask of Perplexity, which literally puts a giant gas mask on Kaiba's actual human face. Is that legal? Can you do that? I guess so. It's it's on the card. Uh, That's and some real horror shit right there. The effect is, is that Kaiba can no longer see what monster he is attacking, so there is a chance that Spear Dragon will even attack one of his own monsters. So... Scary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we get a, a shot from Kaiba's perspective, and it's just like a cloud of blackness in his vision and like in the center of his vision um is like a face down card and he's like okay fight that card yeah and 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 he does and he does and then uh lector is like ah ha ha it was giant germ i fooled you and kai was like no i meant to do that <laughs> uh so he kills giant germ r.i.p giant germ uh it pops uh, he intended to attack Giant Germ, he says, so he could play his Crush Trap card. Uh, and so he, he like, brings up the card and is about to play it on uh, Lecter. And Lecter, like, puts his hand to his temple and, like, shoots laser beams out of his eyes and destroys it. And Kaiba's like, gasp! Only one monster yeah, I know of can destroy traps. Yeah, it out and of the Lecter air. And then Lecter does this, like, whole dr- out of the air. And he, like, dramatically reaches down, throws off his trench coat to the reveal what monster he is. And he is Jinzo. I, this... What a reveal. 
This shot floored me. Like, I nearly fell out of my seat with this reveal. I was shocked. Well, surprised. There's not a lot that this it, show can do that can shock it, me. The, the it, end of this episode shocked me. <laughs> yeah. But, like, of the... Of the gambits that have been pulled in this show, like, this is maybe one of the more interesting ones of, like, yes, he is disguised as a monster, but then he's going to put a disguise <laughs> on that monster. Yeah, he, he t- you turn into a monster for your deck master ability, uh, which is, I guess, what all the big five decide they wanted to do. But then he, like, plays dress up with Jinzo, giving him a trench coat and a fedora. Which... I'm a fan of, and like... How does Jinzo fit in there? Because he's got that long-ass neck. Just a big collar, I don't know. But like, I... Now that I've seen Hellraiser, like we watched Hellraiser as part of this this movie marathon we're doing, now that I've seen Hellraiser, Jinzo with a southern accent is really good. It's a really good choice. It's it's an interesting effect. <laughs> so Lecter goes into this long expository rant about his backstory. Uh, he was Gozaburo's right-hand man. Uh, he was supposed to take over the company eventually. He was like a second-in-command. Um, we get a flashback to Kaiba being done with school, apparently, at like age, what, 15, 14? If that, yeah. If that. Very He's young. Like, All right, Kaiba, you're done with your school. Uh, time for real-world lessons. And to do that, here is a small loan of $10 million. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, have, just like just like every entrepreneur who's lifted himself up by his bootstraps. Here, here's one. Here's ten million bootstraps. Uh, <laughs> you have one year to pay me back, and then two years to give me back a hundred million. And if you pass that test, then you get the last name Kaiba. And if you fail, you go back to the orphanage. Which is honestly not a terrible deal. Like, yeah. thanks. Sorry, I can't have your last name, but thanks for the $10 million in world class education. Bye. Yeah, right. Like, that's, I feel like, would be kind of the other play here. Just be like, oh, okay, well, I'll just buy a really nice orphanage, I guess, to go back to. <laughs> Let me sink all this cash with my business acumen into making the orphanage a nice place to live. Right. Um, let me buy let me buy a better parent. <laughs> I'll just buy a better parent. It's reverse adoption. I'm just going to adopt some adult. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I could see people going for that. Yeah. Uh so cut to like later, he's got like a whole deck of 100 dual monsters cards out on the floor, and he's explaining to Mokuba that running a company is just another game. You own if you're running a company, you only need to have 51 out of 100 cards, and then nobody can have more cards than you. So just yes. like in Duel Monsters, a company <laughs> right. is exactly equivalent. Right. It's a one-to-one comparison. If you yep. have if you have 51 Duel Monsters cards, no one can ever have more Duel Monsters cards than you. Yes, that's how that works. Uh, so he tells Lecter, uh, who, by the way, is like the only person he can ask for help, apparently right yes that's the other stipulation of this mm-hmm. this uh contract d- small down payment yeah so he tells lector to buy a company that really cares about its employees so lector goes off and he like shops around he comes back and he's like i found a perfect company for you they're they're passionate about their work they love their employees and so i bought it for you and so 
young teenage Kaiba goes up to the president after buying the company. He's like, all right, you're going to buy this company back from me at 10 times the price for $100 million, or else I will shut it down, leaving all its employees jobless. Damn. And the president is like, you're a monster, but I have no choice. I will. And so he backs down and buys it, and Kaiba makes all his money back in a single day. And then he, like, walks out of this building with, like, dollar bills flowing around him. <laughs> or yeah, He no, makes it rain on the way out. He makes it rain. And I... so that's how he got the last name Kaiba, right. is by threatening an entire company's worth of people. He basically extorting them. Which, like, yeah, that's that's the Kaiba way. That that's, sounds like Kaiba. That's how they do it. I have to say, this does not really endear me to Kaiba at all. No, and when when he first, <laughs> I'm on the big fives team now. Right? Yeah. We, so he was first having that conversation with Lecter, where he was like, "Lecter, I need you to go buy a company." And Lecter goes, "What kind of company?" And he says, "Any company, as long as they value their workers." Which, like, was played as though he's like, oh, this is sweet, young, and innocent Kaiba, and he's, like, gonna learn a hard lesson about business and how you can't, like, have a company that treats its employees like family because that, like, creates, I don't know, I don't know, right? Or, like, a, like Give him a sympathetic gonna, story. Yeah, 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 like, it's gonna make him seem like this sweet, innocent kid. No. But then he goes into the office and is like, listen, you're gonna pay me $100,000 or your family dies. Yeah, this Kaiba is evil. I am yeah. full, I am a hundred percent on board with the the big five sealing this kid's body. He doesn't need it. No, yeah. no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's a bad child. I mean, we've already seen Kaiba like down a satellite into a major metropolitan area. You keep coming back to that. <laughs> <laughs> the the kid is a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be like. The the edgy rival to our, our main hero, but he's just straight up evil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> yes. Like, he's we've, not an anti-hero. No. We've compared Seto Kaiba to Jeff Bezos in the past, and I think that holds up. <laughs> so, it just flash. It just ends suddenly. Back to the, the duel, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so Kaiba resummons Giant Germ, which is its special ability. Uh, when it dies, you can just bring it back. Right, yeah. Or you can summon another one, or... Yeah. Anyway, you so get Giant Germ signs. again. Yep. Back to the duel. Uh, Lecter draws. He gains 500 life points again because of the, the card. Uh, he plays two face-down cards. Kaiba draws. He has Spear Dragon attack one of the face-down... Or I guess the only face down monster the Lecter has out right now, but that face down monster is a cyber jar, which immediately sucks up all the monsters on the field and is very large. <laughs> yeah. Cyber jar is a lot bigger than I was expecting. Cyber jar is a satellite. It's huge. And it has a black hole inside it, apparently. And yep. then it closes up and explodes. <laughs> See ya. Maybe having a black hole powering your jar isn't a good idea. I really want I really want someone to take this scene where Cyberjar is just sucking up all these monsters uh and put it to that uh 
I don't really know what just happened. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, and so now, because of the effect of Cyberjar, both Lecter and Kaiba draw five cards and summon any monster they pick out of those five. Kaiba summons Vorse Raider, Twin-Headed Behemoth, uh... Oh, I thought there was a third monster. That's it. Nope. Lecter summons. <laughs> Lecter summons. COVID nineteen injection fairy Lily, who is just what Nurse Joy fuck? from Pokemon riding on a syringe rocket. Yeah, this is very like surrealist pinup art in a way. It like, is. is. She's very much like a like on the side of like a B fifty two bomber woman in a bikini riding on a nuke i'm positive that i have seen a poster of this character in bioshock (laughs) almost definitely uh lector also activates watch tranquilizer which i think is just a bond movie gadget (laughs) he summons the yokai watch Oh, the the yokai watch yep uh yeah it is a it is a bond gadget which is it's called watch tranquilizer and it does what it says on the tin it's literally just a watch that shoots tranquilizer darts right so all it does is it shoots a dart at vorse raider and just decreases its attack by 400 yeah vorse raider gets uh a dart in the neck and goes and like slumps a little uh said i was thinking like ah that's fine like he's still stronger than than uh injection fairy lily uh but then i i guess because of injection fairy lily's special ability or something uh lector gives up 2000 life points to raise lily's attack points by 3000 so now yeah it's a hulking (laughs) fairy riding a syringe (laughs) and then she's like as she like rides this giant syringe directly into kaiba and knocks him down to 1200 yeah, she she Doctor Strange loves him, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, knocks Lecter. the shit out of him. Yeah, yep. And then Lecter plays Sebek's Blessing, which is this like Egyptian crocodile god. Uh, I like this him... a lot. It was actually pretty cool. This is a good card. It lets him gain the life points that Kaiba just lost, which is for this strategy that Lecter is going for. Really cool. <laughs> This is a, a legit strategy. I'm I'm pretty into it. Uh, Kaiba plays a, a monster defense mode, and then Lecter plays life-absorbing machine, which lets him regain half the life points that he lost in the last turn. So he's back up to 3,600 life. Yeah. After just losing 2,000 life to boost Fairy Lily. And then, then he does a thing... Then he does my favorite thing in this episode, and one of the most head-scratching things I've seen in any duel. He summons his ultimate weapon, which is just a fucking nuke. Yeah. It's just... he Like, behind him, he plays a card, and then behind uh him, summoned out of the, the bridge that they're on, uh... It's, there's not even a hatch opening up. It just a rocket appears out of nowhere, 
like a full size like Saturn V. Yeah. And launches into the sky. Like end of uh Iron Giant. Yes, that's exa- that's okay, thank you. That's the feeling I was trying to to evoke. Yeah. It's just this huge rocket and it's it's we cut away actually and we go to to Yugi and the game. This is the first card I've seen I think that's so large that we have to cut away to see it. Like not even the Egyptian god cards. I mean, you could see them from a distance, but they didn't recall they didn't need the camera to like go into orbit. Right. So the 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 rest of the gang has found a pickup truck and we meet like, up with them. They play GTA. They find a virtual <laughs> pickup truck. Right. <laughs> they, we, they, they stab the driver and chuck him out. Right. Joey they, is driving. Which is scary. <laughs> which is scary. Uh, and they're driving along the highway and then Joey stops the truck and they all look up and stare at this rocket in the distance as it flies up from the highway into orbit. Again, end of Iron Giant. How big is this virtual world? Well, we're getting to that because, well, first I want to point out that as Joey slams on the brakes, uh, Taya is knocked into Yugi's lap. Aw. And Serenity is knocked into Duke's, which angers Monkey Tristan. <laughs> oh, right, but Duke blushes. So, du- Duke know. and Serenity blush. Uh, but then they stare in awe at this rocket launch. And then we get the, fa- the last, like, I want to say 30 seconds to a minute of this entire episode. We get a lot of fun shots of the rocket launching. And then it's like those shots of the external tanks, like, running out of fuel and getting ejected. There's, there's a shot of, like, the inside of the rocket like the cameras inside the rocket and the the stages of the rocket detach and like the rocket part like falls behind and so it's, finally and it's really that it, it's good is the thing like it's good animation it's an amazing sequence to watch like it feels like something out of like evangelion or um like ghost in the shell or something like this yeah. is incredible quality for this show arguably it it is the end of akira uh, because yeah. as it reaches orbit above this virtual planet, how big is this virtual world? It looks like they're simulating the you entire Earth. The, you see the curvature of the Earth. Yes. They have. They are actively simulating the, an entire virtual planet. And above this, this virtual is, planet... This is actually No Man's Sky is what we're playing. <laughs> we finally f- find a planet... Uh, it goes into warp, it comes into a new planet, and there's a creature there called Poop Butt. No. <laughs> That's only if I get to the planet first. That's only if Tyler gets to the planet first. No. The, the, the payload is deployed, and high above this virtual world, the satellite unfolds. Um, a virtu- uh, like digital voice says, deploying a communications system. And then like these four like giant solar panels unfold. And then this, like, giant cannon, like, emerges from the satellite, pointing straight down. And from the satellite's point of view, we see this targeting system boot up and scan the island that they're on and then zoom in on the bridge and then zoom in to find Kaiba. And it locks Kaiba in his crosshairs. And it's a low-orbit laser cannon and it prepares to fire on Kaiba. The robot voice says, set for destruction. 
Ah, uh, yes, the, the, the dial that has all the different kinds of havoc that this thing can wreak. Uh, it's all on the end. It's on destruction. Yeah, it goes, it goes, from, uh, it goes from tickle to stun. <laughs> to bad sunburn. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode with Kaiba being locked onto by the freaking uh, weapon from Akira that blasts uh, his arm off. Fucking amazing. Uh, Jimmy, wow. what was the what was the best part of this episode for you? This episode, Tyler, finally delivers on the promise that we talked about at the very beginning of the season of what you can get away with in a virtual world. Yeah. So much crazy stuff happens in this episode that's only possible in this scenario that they've created. We've got robot monkey Tristan. We've got Jinzo in a trench coat with a, with a southern accent. We have ninja fights. We have cool motorcycle explosions. We have car theft. And we have satellite kill sets. All in one episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because they're in this virtual world. Finally, we get to see some total ridiculous bullshit that could never happen in the real world or with, like, the dual disc system, just like their little hologram projectors. This is some crazy shit. Yeah. It feels very much like watching, um, like, Johnny Mnemonic or something, where they fit just a shit ton of crazy stuff into such a small amount of time. and. As soon as you get accustomed to one crazy thing, the next crazy thing kicks off and you're like, wait, what? That's happening too? It's like, where has this been for the last, like, however many episodes we've watched? Two and a half seasons. (laughs) Yeah. This is crazy. And I really enjoyed this episode. Also, the duel was surprisingly good. Yeah. That's actually, so that's my best is actually the, the duel we kind of got into it a little bit, but I weirdly like I do really recommend watching this episode. There's a lot of episodes where I think like, eh, you could skip it and you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. This episode has a lot of really interesting animation touches in the duel. Like watching Lecter play cards is anime as hell because he does all the like flourishes and card tricks and like hand movements and stuff and it's actually really exciting to watch yeah he's doing it all as jinzo who is usually just like standing there waiting for orders right with a southern accent with a southern accent as jinzo (laughs) it's really good owner of the dimsdale dimmodome it's really good i really enjoy it it's just a fun episode yeah uh how about the worst part of this episode for you Shouldn't Mokuba have a plan for getting kidnapped by now? <laughs> How many times has this kid gotten kidnapped and all he can do is yell, ah! It's like, it's just one guy and he's not even like, he doesn't even hold on to Mokuba. Mokuba is just like, limp across the front of this motorcycle. Just like, I, punch him. Or jump Mokuba, off. Or fall off. Just shift your weight, kid. I, I do have to say, I really appreciate that there is a damsel in distress in this series. And it's like, Mokuba. Like, and it's Mokuba. <laughs> it's a six-year-old boy. <laughs> He's gotten kidnapped six ways to Sunday. And I I never get tired of it. <laughs> oh, that Mokuba getting kidnapped again. Mokuba is the Princess Peach of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. What's that lassie? Mokuba's in a well again? <laughs> Dear Mario, please come to the castle. I baked a cake for you. <laughs> Sincerely, Princess Mokuba. 
Uh, Mogaba has gotten kidnapped as a princess in a video game. I don't know if that's you remember true. This. From the <laughs> last canon. time we were in a virtual world, <laughs> that is canon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, what a what a weird show. Kaiba um, is Mario in this scenario and runs in to rescue him. So long, gay Bowser. <laughs> I can't do the Kaiba voice. Okay, let me let me try here. Hang on. <laughs> so long, gay Bowser. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> uh, Woohoo! Did, <laughs> did I send you what was that song? Where they replaced all the woohoos with Mario. Yes, you did. What's what's the name of that song? I don't remember. A lot of songs have woohoos in it. Uh yeah, that's this is this is true. That's very true. Um, anyway, what was your worst? Yeah. Uh the the worst part for me was just realizing that Seto has like always been a little shit. Yeah. Fuck Seto. And I I have to wonder. So he bought this. He bought fifty-one percent of this company mm-hmm. for ten million dollars, and then he forces the company to buy back that fifty-one percent at a hundred million dollars. Wouldn't that make the company go bankrupt? Yeah, where did the where did the president of this company get a hundred million dollars if his company is only worth ten million? Well, if his company's million. worth, yeah, 20, 19 million or whatever, like that, that's not how finance works. You don't, you don't get a hundred million dollars for selling $10 million worth of shares. I guess that's how it works. If you're Seto Kaiba. I guess it is just like, I don't know. I, I, part of it is like, we're watching it in 2020 and companies similar to the one described here could barely survive without a government handout for like three months of the pandemic mm-hmm. so it's just like yeah that company went under for sure but yay said good good business man i guess great good job, great job. business cool haha <laughs> business yes uh business is my worst part of this episode <laughs> Uh, unless there's anything else you want to mention about the episode, we should probably move on. No, let's move on, because we spent so long walking through a disgusting house that we can't even see. (laughs) We're making good time. We we got through the episode description, all right? We're okay. Uh, all right. So I'm going to invite my beautiful partner, Lauren, to join us here in the studio in a minute, if she would, while she gets settled. Uh, I'm going to read an email. If you would like to email us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Email. The architect, the mayor of Simi City, Simi, a.k.a. the architect, has emailed us. Simi says, okay, first things first, this pair of episodes is infuriating. So many times we have heard that Tristan is not a good duelist at all. He lied to Serenity about teaching Joey. And yet, and yet... They expect me to believe that Tristan, mother flippin' Tristan, was galaxy brain enough to understand what card Serenity picked, figured out what his deckmaster ability was, used his deckmaster special ability to protect Serenity instead of the perfectly viable monster, and plays a face-down card that was only going to be playable by Duke's deckmaster ability for Serenity's eventual use? You really expect me to believe that? (laughs) Nope. 
Hope you die in that monkey body, Tristan, because if you are that good, then you should be the king of games and not Yugi Boy. Was it Tristan, though, or was it Heart of the Cards? <gasps> that's the only explanation yes. I have for this. That's nonsense. the only <laughs> that's the only explanation available. <laughs> uh, Simi says a note on the season card list a couple episodes ago. Maybe it was last episode. Uh, Simi provided a, a, a list of all cards from all three seasons just to kind of compare everything that had, had happened. Uh, Simi says what I was looking for was a way to search across multiple seasons at once. And the site I found through you guys, which is yugiocom slash cards only seems to do one season at a time. So it was copy paste to get it right. That's correct. Simi, I'm sorry for leading you astray there. Uh, that's a lot of work to copy paste three seasons worth of cards. And the data you found was super interesting. Uh, on our performance last week, for the game that we are about to play, whose name I will not say because I need to give it my full energy. Simi says, I have one thing to say here. Just one. Jimmy is a big old cheater. Excuse me? Simi, whatever do you mean? I can hear you asking. Well, let me tell you. Simi, Time whatever Wizard, do you mean? Time Wizard only moves things... Simi, whatever do you mean? <laughs> time Wizard only moves things forward in time. Whoa. Yeah, but in the show, Time Whoa. Wizard can do whatever the fuck you want because they keep making up new things it can do. Simi includes in quotes, but he's called Time Wizard, Simi. That means <laughs> both, right? <laughs> Normally, I might give you some leeway here, but if I remember correctly, it was Jimmy who said he is only going by how a card is shown slash used on the show when I mentioned dragons should be able to talk based on most fantasy. So no, Jimicus. Wow. You do not get a pass today, sir. Time Wizard only does forward, and thus you would lose by default. Furthermore, the economic impact of XYZ Dragon Cannon was brought up, but not the fact that when Time Wizard uses his power, either he and his friends die or everyone else does. Oh my god. <laughs> Big economic impact there. <laughs> Deep breath. Yes. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Totally calm and collected. Mayor Simi Simerson, Simi Simerson of Simi Simi, a.k.a. The Architect. Simi, I'll get your name right eventually. <laughs> Mayor yes. Simi Simerson of Simi City, a.k.a. The Architect. Everyone does die. That's how time works. <gasps> wow. Happy Deep. Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. Oh, yeah. This episode's going to come out on Halloween, and we've just oh. now mentioned that. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Uh, as you can hear, we are now joined in the studio by my partner, Lauren, the High Commissioner. Dracula. Uh, High, High Commissioner uh, Dracula as well. Hi. Let's <laughs> join us. <laughs> uh, to play a little game that I like to call You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not, Season 2, colon, Enter the Task Dungeon. Wow, you did give that your full energy. Thank you. I'm not here to fuck spiders. Uh, Aren't you? Every... No. Every week on the show, uh, Jimmy and I pick from teams of monsters that we have drafted, and then Lauren gives us a challenge which those monsters must compete in. Jimmy, it's your turn to pick your monster first. Tyler, I'm looking over my list of monsters, and one especially stood out to me this week for whatever reason. I want to see what happens when I choose catapult turtle. <laughs> okay. It's a turtle with a catapult. <laughs> Does what it says on the tin. <laughs> what the fuck else do you want? Click on I catapult don't... turtle. It's like a robot turtle, and then it has a gauss cannon on its back. 
It does. It does. I love that it's it's actually a catapult though. Like you put another monster on that shit and it launches it. <laughs> Yeet. You know, Jimmy, I'm seeing a theme with you and your favorite monsters because last season was Fortress Whale. That's true. That's true. Another another oh, yeah. sort of robotic monster. That you know, a thing with a big gun on its back. Yeah, it does what it says on the tin also. It's just a whale that's a fortress. It's a fortress uh, whale. In honor of Halloween, the monster I'm going to pick is the one that I wish I could dress up for, or as, rather, for Halloween, but I, I just don't have the you time or resources. You want to dress up for this monster? I want to dress up for this monster. Uh, no, I want to dress up <laughs> as this monster for Halloween. I'm picking Chiron the Mage. Chiron the Mage is a centaur, uh, magical being of light. Uh, awesome. who, if, if oh, this is yep. not the Yu-Gi-Oh version of that, hey, uh, uh, not hey, uh, uh, the Mass He-Man the meets four non-blondes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what is. This guy is Chiron definitely, this guy definitely belongs in the He-Man universe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is Horseman <laughs> or, or whatever the fuck they'd call him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess he is a centaur, isn't he? You don't get to see much of a horse in it. Looks kind of like a weird Miyazaki drawing. Yeah, you, it's... The angle of the, like, shoulder is off. It's interesting to me looking at this guy because the horse-to-man ratio is very skewed. Because usually, like, yeah. the horse body yeah. goes smoothly and it's roughly the same, like, width as the human body. Mm-hmm. But this guy looks like you try you had to have a tourniquet like and cinch it real tight at the where the human meets the horse and now it's just <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. tiny dinky little guy sticking out of this horse yeah, yeah are yeah, you yeah. are you getting this vibe also like you know in spirited away when no face eats everything and grows like six extra legs and like moves around really funny do you also mm-hmm. get that yeah yeah that's the vibe i get from this chiron the mage fox what? What? He's like, he's like. What? That's I'm, not at all. No, what no, we no. Were talking He's about. like, I'm gonna take on several shapes, and you're just gonna deal with it. This is just this. He exudes confidence. Okay. He's the shape that he wants to be. Why do you want to like, dress up like just, him? Because I think it's a cool look. He's got that cinched human waist on where the horse head should be. Okay. All right. Okay. Stop prejudging me. <laughs> uh. All right. High Commissioner <clears throat> and Lauren. Jimmy wins this week. Fuck. For coolest uh, monster. Thanks. God damn it. <laughs> uh, See you next hi, week. Commissioner Lauren. <laughs> hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. What is the task that you have set for us this week? Well, I haven't set one yet. Oh. I'm so sorry. Um, it's been a busy week. It's okay. We had so many internet troubles that I get to edit. <laughs> have fun with that. I will. I will. I. You know what, Jimmy? This is the thing. I will. Okay, I've decided. Good. All right, what's up? This week, I would like you, via your monsters, the description of the activity. Okay. Yes. To your task this week. Marie Kondo, the apartment. Oh. Huh. Okay. Jimmy, do you do you you understand Marie Kondo? Yes, I am familiar. With, to 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 Marie Kondo is is a an acceptable verb for the listener at home who might not be familiar. Marie Kondo is 
The life-changing magic of tidying up. Yeah. Uh, you know, she'll come into your house and, and teach you how to fold t-shirts. Yeah. I use that method, actually. It's quite nice. You yeah. get to see the designs on the fronts of all the t-shirts. <laughs> I have a little t-shirt library. It makes me feel <laughs> all nice too. and cozy. You can riffle through your t-shirts like a pack of cards. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as, as soon as you leave, I'm just, I'm just rifling through them. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So the... The th- are is there one? <laughs> I have so many questions about this task. Okay, is there? I may or may not answer. Are that. we? I are think we it's Marie, fairly straightforward. Are we Marie condoing the same apartment, or do we each have an apartment which needs its specific? Yeah, I think I think you're Marie condoing your own apartment. Okay. Speaking of which, I just drove by your apartment on my way home from work today. Aww, which our, one? Our current apartment? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I somehow found myself in the UK and I was like, how did I get here? <laughs> Portland traffic, man. Side. Portland traffic. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that building's uh, still standing. I wonder about our old house in Portland. That's yeah, probably remember that not house where the ceiling fell in? That's probably yes. not there anymore. When a tree came through? Yep. I yeah. think I drove by it a couple months ago. It was still there. Oh, probably okay. still that same busted up roof. Yeah, probably. probably. Anyway, uh, okay. So let me let me set the stage a little bit because uh, so tidying up with Marie Kondo is an amazing Netflix show where Marie Kondo comes into people's homes and helps them organize it. And I would imagine that the problem with Chiron the Mage's home is that he has too much goddamn workout equipment. Because oh. looking at this guy, yeah. leg day for him is he's a horse. Leg day for him is going out and galloping. <laughs> So it's tons of like free weights, barbells. Um, he's got those like uh, those things you put on the door frame so you can do chin ups, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like strewn everywhere. So this is the monster's apartment. That's yeah. how I'm. That's how I'm taking this to me. Not some third party apartment. Right. I think this is your apartment. The other thing that are littering. Could be your apartment. Could be. Because what this catapult hurdle would have in his apartment, what I have in my apartment, would be very different things. Marie Kondo, we need, the apartment. We need a ruling on this. <laughs> well, Tyler, uh-huh. given that Marie Kondo goes into other people's apartments and tidies okay. up, I feel <laughs> like there needs to be a generic third party apartment to establish as a baseline here. Okay. I agree with Not that. Not necessarily Chiron the Mage's apartment or Catapult Turtle's apartment. Can I pitch an apartment? Actually it's not an apartment. It's more like a house. Actually it's not a house. It's more like a renovated church. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, yes, okay. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> okay. Lord in heaven. For those of you who have been listening to the show for going on two Thank hours Jesus. now go Number back one, to the beginning of this episode. Go, Go back, back to the, to the beginning, beginning of, this. of the episode. Don't do that to yourself. If, if you remember the beginning of this episode, we talked about 8800 <laughs> you, Blue Lick Road, Louisville, imagine, Kentucky. Can you remember back two hours ago? I can't. Okay. Can't. Marie condoing the Blue Lick Road house. Jesus Christ. I still have it open in this tab and just looking at it makes me sick. Okay. Pray yeah. continue. Okay. Okay. First two things. Pray. Pray. Period. Continue. Period. First, 
two things that Chiron the Mage has to do. Number one, beginning with... Uh, I would pay money to see Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, the Blue Lick House. That would be amazing. Right? That would yeah, be amazing. I would buy that, like, on demand. Has so, that poor so, woman gone through enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so number one, Chiron the Mage is going to focus on the living spaces. So as you begin the 3D tour of the Blue Lick House, there are, to my recollection, something like six bedrooms. Neither, none of them are the same size or shape, and I think only one of them has a closet. So it'd be a lot of working with the people who live in that home for who whatever reason. Who lives in that home? Pe- I, I don't know. Several people, apparently. No one anymore um, if it's for sale. Specifically mm. picking up each of their discarded pieces of clothing and asking the important question, does this spark joy? If it does not goes away nothing in that house sparks joy joy cannot survive in that space and if if that is the case here's where Chiron the mage comes in Chiron the mage has a giant fuck off magical staff (laughs) that he can use to incinerate the pieces of clothing that do not spark joy so that's the number one thing the second thing that i feel like Chiron the mage would be incredibly good at is going through this like weird warehouse of DVDs and CDs and like knockoff Beanie Babies and explicitly arranging things both alphabetically and by resale value because if there's one thing that's obvious about Chiron the Mage it's that he is very meticulous with everything that he does. So why is that obvious? Well, I mean, look at look at just the the what he's wearing obviously are bespoke pieces that were made for him. The staff was picked out uh probably provided by a strange woman distributing swords from lakes. Mm-hmm. Um the the helmet is perfectly shaped around his ponytail. <laughs> okay. This is somebody who clearly puts a lot of thought and effort in, into what they do. Right. And probably at least from you know how they look as far as physical fitness doesn't mind uh repetitive tasks towards an obvious goal so things like let's go through this warehouse size dvd collection alphabetizing it does seem like a product a project that Chiron the mage would be more than willing to set their mind to so does it spark joy and then let's make sure that we have an inventory of everything that we have and, and this is where I think Marie Kondo is really brilliant, find the highest resale value items and put those towards the front so that they're more likely to be advertised and sold. So we're, we're really doing a service for the people who live here mm-hmm. by giving them a, a jump start on their home business. <laughs> okay. Jimmy, I pass the floor to you. All right. This dirty, dirty floor. <laughs> the fil- absolutely filthy, disgusting floor of this house. Hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. As you are aware, uh, Marie Kondo's whole deal is that she asked if something sparks joy, and if it doesn't, uh, it is disposed of. Well, mm-hmm. what if I told you there was a way to get one final spark of joy out of these objects in this house? <laughs> <laughs> I think I see where this is going. And that way of sparking joy, High Commissioner Lauren, (laughs) is to stick it on the back of Catapult Turtle and launch it into the frickin' oblivion of Across the Horizon. We've all seen Punkin' Chunkin', 
we've all seen the joy <laughs> that it brings to small children to see large objects fly through the air and smash on the ground. It's hilarious. It's an entire genre of America's Funniest Home Videos of people chucking things and smashing them on the ground. Well, Catapult Turtle is suddenly faced with an entire house of things that obviously do not spark joy for the people that live there and that want them gone. Now, giving these things away is nice and beneficial and it would be very good. But a lot of this stuff is simply junk. What do you do with junk? You throw it away. But the dumps where, or sorry, the skip, the tip, <laughs> the, the tip, the tip, just the tip is way the <laughs> fuck over there. How are you going to transport all this stuff? What if you don't have to? What if we just stick it on the back of Catapult Turtle and launch it at very high rates of speeds into the fucking ground? What if the homeowners got to load Catapult Turtle and literally watch as their worries and troubles soar gracefully over the horizon in a parabola. That is how Catapult Turtle approaches the Marie Kondo style of uh, sparking joy. Is Even if these objects do not spark joy f- for you anymore, there is one way to have them spark joy, and that's to <laughs> blast them away very, very far away. <laughs> into the dump at a high rate of speed. And you wow. can probably like live stream the the end result and have a good following on YouTube or Twitch. Wow. Start your own that that is the real gift there is starting your own YouTube channel like hydraulic press channel where they just smash things with a hydraulic press. Well, yeah. this is catapult turtle channel. Let's load all your junk into the back of catapult turtle and have it catapult your junk. Uh, into the dump. It'll look great. You'll feel good. And at the end, you have a nice clean house. Church. <laughs> porn room. Ready a to nice sell. Re- that you can then <laughs> sell to whoever wants this obs- absolute nightmare of an establishment. Tyler, answering remarks. I, I love... <laughs> I love... That we've effectively divided our answers into what would be like a realistic and practical approach given the circumstances and what would make good television. <laughs> I work in television. I, I, I am what I am. Oh, no, you're good at your, you, you are clearly good at what you do. I'm not contesting that. And I think, I, I think, you know, definitely the, like the, the uh, catapult turtle YouTube channel would be something I would subscribe to. But I wonder if that is something that will benefit the owners of this home or will just benefit Catapult Turtle as it goes from home to home throwing <laughs> junk to the dump. Uh, if we're uh, spinning whereas... this into a television series, then both. That's the whole ah, point of Marie Kondo's show, isn't game. it? I got you. I got you. Is that she goes to these Kyra... people's houses. Sure, sure. They get Kyra their homes clean. I'm picturing is just Catapult more of a Turtle sort of shoot a... stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Kyron the Mage, I'm picturing, is more just sort of an altruistic presence, uh, a, a force for good uh, without want of recognition or, or fame. But Catapult Turtle has that flair to it. This isn't, a, this isn't a nice, friendly show for your mom. This is a show where we take junk and launch it over the horizon <laughs> and laugh as it smashes into bits. 
Which Coming I- up next on History TV. <laughs> Does this spark joy? It will. <laughs> All right. We have given our pitches. Hi, Commissioner Warren. Go ahead and give us your inevitable decision. <laughs> that was so ominous. <laughs> it will. Um, Tyler took a very straightforward and reasonable approach to this explaining methodically the steps and the reasoning behind the monster and why it would make the choices that it made but catapult turtle has a catapult on a turtle (laughs) so (laughs) i think catapult turtle wins yeah yeah yeah. that's you know what that's i can't even be mad at that i can't even be mad do you know why because it sparks joy it does and it did and the description of what would happen to all the things sparked joy for me so congratulations catapult <laughs> congratulations Yay. Jimmy. congratulations catapult Yay. i'm writing in the notes jimmy wins with catapult turtle because it sparks joy comma god damn it ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful all right, everybody. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. It's been a it's been a long and bumpy journey getting us to the end of this episode, but I'm glad that you've stuck with kinda us. Kind of like this year. Kind of like this yeah. year. It's kind of a metaphor for this year. I hope you have a happy Halloween wherever you are. Happy and Halloween. Uh, for those of you Ooh. living in the states, Ooh. I hope you uh, ha- have either already voted or will Ooh. be voting in the next few days. Yeah, go do it as Truly. soon as possible because if, if yeah. you're hearing this now, you can't mail your your ballot it's in anymore. Too late. No, it is it is too late to mail in the ballot. So I hope you've done so already. Uh, if not, I hope that you have a polling place near you. Um, I I hope that you wear your masks. I hope that you vote for Joe Biden. And I want to say I, I want to end this episode with with sort of a uh like a like a quest we'll call it a quest for you the listener uh you'll notice uh for those of you who've been listening to us for a while we took last week off that's kind of the benefit of doing a show for fun is we can take a week off and it's fine we're not beholden to sponsors uh we took a week off because i was like you know what i need a mental health break i can't fucking handle things right now and i'm not gonna make a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh if i don't absolutely need to can you imagine if we did have sponsors and we would every week we'd have to be like this catapult turtle shooting stuff into the (laughs) fucking ground is brought to you by blue apron (laughs) uh but but so the the thing the thing that i want to give to our listeners as sort of a quest is is look at uh look at the things that you can put to the side for right now look at look at the things that you can say no to as a form of self-care uh because boy That's beautiful boy howdy we are we are in the midst of 2020 depression pandemic depression if you're in america political depression and it's the end of october baby we're hitting that seasonal depression i saw a meme uh, on twitter earlier that was like all these different horrible things and like forms of depression it was all like the spider-man pointing meme except it was like 12 <laughs> of them <laughs> that's how it feels that's how it feels and like you know, you need to have a plan to be able to deal with that sort of stuff. And even if you're not feeling it right now, just take some time to like catalog the stuff that you're doing in your life and think to yourself, what are the things that I could say no to this week if I don't feel like it? Because that's a really nice way to give yourself some space and some time to think and uh, and, you know, love yourself a bit. 
Um, so we're going to keep making this show. Uh, uh, obviously, we're not going to you know take long stretches of time off if we can help it. But that's one of the things for me. Like, if I'm not in a mental state where I can talk about Yu-Gi-Oh for three hours... I'm not going to record this podcast. And it takes a lot. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. Um and that's that's the thing for me, you know. To talk about Yu-Gi-Oh for 3 hours. It can. It can. And it I can. edit this show. Um but this isn't about me. It's it's about everybody. Uh this is the time to think about how am I going to take care of myself so that I can take care of the people around me. So be conscious of that especially if you're in the states right now as we head into next week. Um if you like would like to talk to tomatoes fuck <laughs> i oh. knew i knew i knew that was coming uh if you want to talk to other people who listen to our show you can go to the discord that has been made for us it's at you uh no pardon me it's at heart of the dot cards slash discord uh is the link uh there's a few people on there now it's a lot of fun and uh you can go to our website heart of the dot cards there is a contact form for us there if you want to get in touch you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at Yampod, that's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh everybody have a, a happy spooky Halloween. Next week we'll be back with uh part two, I guess. Part yeah, part two. Uh who boy, post election, settling the score, part two. Boy. Uh it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna settling be a fun one. Score, be indeed. Hopefully you know what? hopefully we will have good news to share and not have been devolved into anarchy or a fascist state. I'm going to, I'm going to put this out here right now. Next week's episode is probably going to look a lot different from this week's episode, regardless of what happens, but I am determined to have fun with it. Okay. That's, that's what I like. That's what I like doing with this show is we won't know on the third anyway, regardless of what happens. Let's all be honest. Exactly. And if we need to take next week off for obvious reasons, I'm just going to go ahead and put that card on the table now that we can, if we want. We, we can make that decision. The, the thing that I'm trying to get across is when we make this podcast, we are here to have a a rip roar and good time and I will settle for nothing less. Yes. I will. I want to. we know. (laughs) (laughs) lauren said lauren said i will but i said i know um what were you gonna say jimmy i'm sorry Uh, i just want to say i wanted to give a shout out to stellazio virtual theater for putting on a great performance uh i want to give a shout out to friend of the show carcala on twitch who just became a partner today as we're recording this yeah carcala nice congratulations that was very loud i'm sorry Uh, i'm excited for carcala that's great that's all i had cool all right. Uh, so next week, settling the score part two. Uh, next week it, with an asterisk. Next episode. Next uh, episode. <laughs> and until next time. It's time to duel, as they say.